Welcome to Sacred Exploration with Lisa Tremont Oda. Are you making the most of your experience as a spiritual being in physical form? Do you want to live with greater levels of peace and integrity? Today, Lisa and her guests will help you discover, uncover, and recover what's missing in yourself. Now, here's your host, Lisa Tremont Oda. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota, and you're listening to Sacred Exploration. Today, we will be exploring the sacred messages within the cosmos. What do the stars reveal? I have with me professional astrologer Mitchell Scott Lewis. Welcome to the program, Mitch. Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be doing this. Well, it's wonderful to have you uh, with us from New York. And so you've been doing this for more than two decades. And uh, Mitch specializes in relationships, financial and medical issues. And he's a regular guest on the national radio show Coast to Coast, where he predicts world events. And now he's on Sacred Exploration with Voice America predicting world events. Awesome. He'll be lecturing at the United Astrologers Conference in Chicago in May, which is the largest gathering of astrologers in America. And uh, Mitch, when you're not looking at the stars and and sharing your predictions, you're also an author of um, uh, a detective mystery series. Is that correct? Yeah, it's the uh, the Starlight Detective Agency series with uh, astrologer detective David Lowell is my protagonist. <laughs> That's fun. And uh, so I, in reading the mysteries, I imagine we might learn a little bit more astro- from uh, astrology from that as well, huh? Yeah, the reviewers, uh, they're published by Poison Pen Press, which is a very nice publishing company. And the reviewers were pretty hip. Uh, When we first started putting out the books, I wasn't quite sure what to expect, but most of them read them and they said, even if you don't know astrology, Lewis doesn't lose you in the astrologies, but he teaches you a little bit in all of the books about how the charts work and the way that David Lowell, that our detective, uses astrology to... uh, uh, to solve the murders. It was really quite, quite, it's a lot of fun. Oh, it's a fun angle for sure. I really love the idea. I might have to pick those up for my, for my boys. Oh, please. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I know this is going to be a packed program here. So let's, let's begin if you would, just by, uh, sharing with our listeners what astrology is in general and, 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 what we can expect to get from it as a tool and maybe what its limitations are. All right. Astrology is what we call a geocentric science. That means Earth is in the middle of the of the universe. Now, uh, we've proven a while ago that Earth is not in the center of the universe, but that doesn't matter. Um, what astrology does is, for example, you know, everybody reads the newspapers and they read these silly little things about astrology. Oh, Virgos, today you're going to do this. Cancers are going to be that. Most of those things aren't even written by astrologers. They're written by writers who may have a friend who's an astrologer, gives them a few little tidbits and they add in Saturn or Mercury or something like that. Mm-hmm. But when you go for a reading with a, an accomplished astrologer, uh, one thing I tell Lisa, you know, I tell my clients is, is or my friends, if you go into Barnes and Noble, you'll see two books about tarot, one book about palmistry, and 400 books about astrology. Hmm. Astrology has been around since the Babylonians. 
It has been studied and worked and, and analyzed for thousands of years. When I first started doing astrology, I had to do it with a, with a ruler and a slide rule. I had to draw up every single one of my charts individually. Today, because of my political and financial work, I might look at a hundred charts in a day. I haven't got time to draw up wow. every chart. Thank God for computers, you know. And what we get, what we can see in the natal chart is, well, I say that the only limitations have to do with the limitation of the astrologer. Hmm. Just like anything else, you could have a guy operating on your knee who got D's through medical school. You know, how do you know? Uh, astrology is the same thing. There are wonderfully talented astrologers. There are not so talented astrologers. But the, but the potential that astrology is, it continues to amaze me as I continue to do this. Because I've been doing this for a lot longer than 20 years. I uh, uh, started this when I was very, very young. And I spent about 14 years in the commodities business where I was dragged kicking and screaming because I'm a musician by trade and I didn't want to go into the money business. But you know what? You make a lot of money in Wall Street. And so some of my clients dragged me up there because cotton was trading at $1.17 a pound and it usually trades around 60, 70 cents. It had never gone that high before. And in my very first trade, using astrology and my intuition, I was able to pick the top of the cotton market and mm. they sold one lot, these big shots, because they were scared. What if I'm wrong? And it went down limit lock limit. The, each commodity can only trade a certain amount each day for eight days. It went down, 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 down. So we made a lot of money. And then we silver and Deutschmarks and yen and everything and spent, you know, copious amounts of time studying the correlation between the astrology and the chart of the commodity. And that, really taught me more about astrology than all the personal mm -hmm. meetings I had ever done because I was able to see it right on the board. Right there is silver. Silver's going to go up today. It's a new moon in Aries. Well, well, you know, it went up. Oh, my God, this really works. Well, silver looks like it's going to get killed because Saturn, which is a planet of restriction, is in square to the moon and blah, 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 and it goes down. And as I started to see the correlations working day after day, I was you know, absolutely blown out. I said, wow, this is amazing. And I made a living for many years down there. Well, yeah. Through, so throughout the 90s, you actually worked on the New York uh, Mercantile Exchange, right? As an astrological trader. Yep. Fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I, to think, even consider that, that the people who are running the stock market are turning to astrologists. How many of them do that? <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Uh, I worked for a big company, I don't, at this point, I don't think it would matter if I mentioned their name, but there's no reason to, uh, for a couple of years with one of their hedge funds. And a hedge fund legally has to trade, it can't sit idle, but they can increase or shrink their position. And based on the charts of the two guys who were running the hedge fund, I would tell them when to double their positions and when to cut them in half. Made a ton of money. Uh, I... I one of the one of the uh, most famous, of course, that I mentioned to you earlier when you and I were chatting, J.P. Morgan had an astrologer named Evangeline Adams, a very famous uh, American astrologer many years ago. And he had a very famous saying. He said, millionaires don't use astrology. Billionaires do. Wow. And he used her her work for many years. In fact, she told him not to go on the Titanic. And, he, mm. and all his friends died and he continued. 
So, you know, astrology is almost limitless uh, in its potential, like I said. And there are different kinds of astrology, too. There's what, what I practice is called Western or Ptolemic astrology because of Claudius Ptolemy, who in the year 70 uh, wrote four books that he, you know, cleverly called the four books. <laughs> and they were about astrology. And it was the foundation, the Greeks put everything in order, they were very orderly in their intellectualism, and uh, they, they kind of modernized uh, astrology that had come from the Babylonians, and when the Israelis were, were uh, slaves in Babylon, and then when they left 40 years later, they took the knowledge of astrology with them, and they brought it into Egypt, and it went all over the world. There's also in India what's called Vedic astrology. It's different mm. than ours. It's very similar in a lot of ways, but they, they look at the, at the sky a bit differently. So some of your planets will be in different positions if you go to a Vedic astrology. And I don't care what style of astrology you practice as long as you're good at it. It takes a lifetime to master. And the, the messages would be the same, I would imagine, whichever very one you were. Very yeah. similar, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and some people swear by Vedic astrology and some people swear by Western. Even the Chinese have a style of astrology, but it's far less uh, specific. Mm -hmm. In my, when I do a reading for one of my clients, I will talk to them about their health, which is one of my uh, specialties as well. And I will tell them what their potential health issues are. And I also, because I don't separate astrology from the rest of life, I take courses in, in nutrition and anatomy, and I talk to doctors and acupuncturists, I, I do diagnosis for them very often. And as a result, if I see the potential for high blood pressure, I will say to my client, here's a diet you should be on. You should be eating a lot of arugula and walnuts and avocados and raw tomatoes and, and, and. Brussels sprouts, asparagus, all these things are wonderful. They lower the blood pressure. Um, and if there are digestive problems, you should be on probiotics and you should get rid of dairy and wheat in your diet and so on and so forth. And it's all connected. So you're really using astrology as a tool amongst other tools to make a comprehensive uh, perhaps recommendation or suggestion or prediction. Is that correct? Well, I, I, am, I, I make a lot of uh, predictions. You know, Carl, Carl, Carl Jung was very into astrology. And what he wrote in one of his books was, if he's working with a client and he can't figure out what their problem is, he will draw up the natal chart and it will become obvious and then he knows how to direct <laughs> his, his work with them. So this isn't something new. It's not a fly-by-night, right. you know, obviously, uh, uh, thing. There are hundreds, God knows, maybe thousands of astrology books out there. You know, not all of them are great and a lot of them are just mimicking what they've read in other books. But some of them are absolutely fantastic. Some of these writers are brilliant and they use astrology because they got drawn into it the same way I did. I, my first reading happened because I lived across the hall in Cambridge, Massachusetts from this self-professed -pro -pro witch named Jane who did a reading for me and she told me more about myself than therapists had ever told me, than any, you know, any of my teachers had ever told me. And I was absolutely... Right. So well, I it is fascinating. I, I was speaking with someone last night telling him about you being on the show today and he's from Ireland and he told me about 
uh, an Irish astrologer who, yes, did the same sort of thing, predicted not just a generalization, but like some actual details, like you're going to get on a train from point A to point B, and this is going to happen, sort of like your Titanic story, like don't get on the boat. Mm -hmm. And um, I know I'm not a professional astrologer by any means, but I love it. I'm, I, I follow it. I try to learn from it, uh, always trying to learn. And I have, I can certainly say that in my own experience, I do see uh, trends that align. And, and sometimes people will say, well, are those trends aligning because that's what you read? No, it's, it's beyond that. And, and what I find is that even if things are not going well, at least I can feel like, well, at least I'm in, in sync with the universe because, you know, it, the stars are saying that things are not going to go well during this period of time. And so at least I know I'm in sync. Well, also knowing that there is an end to your difficulties three months, six months, whatever it is down the line. Uh, listen, just, just as a quickie, Lisa, some of the predictions that I made that are very well documented include 9-11, the rise of oil prices when it was trading $17 a barrel. I did a series of lectures at the Princeton Club in which I told all of these big shot investors that it was going to over a hundred dollars a barrel and they all laughed at me the next year when it was trading 35 dollars a barrel they all filled up the room and when it hit about 50 or 60 dollars a barrel they did not have a room big enough to put my audience in mm -hmm. and it went above a hundred dollars a barrel i found the very top of the housing market in July of 2005 based on astrology and I picked the crash of 08 within a, a week of its occurrence a year and a half in advance. Uh, that's so amazing. So amazing. What astrology can do. So what is it? So what's the prediction now? What are, what are we looking at in terms of finances? And, and I'm curious about cryptocurrency and if, if you have something to, re to tell us about that. Well, first of all, cryptocurrency at the moment uh, is a very frightening investment. Uh, I, I, people call me up a lot. Should I buy bitcoins? And I say to them, if you have a few thousand dollars that you don't care if you lose, you might want to invest in something like this. But if you put all of your money into something like bitcoins, look at what happened uh, a week, week and a half ago. Bitcoins completely collapsed. Right. Now they, they'll probably start to fluctuate up and down, up and down. Now, again, Lisa, because of my years on the commodities floor, uh, I, I've started to be able to see patterns separate from the astrology. Uh, if a commodity starts to really swing or the stock market, right now we're in the biggest bull market we've had in history, I think. And it's just insane. It's been going up since 2010. And of course, you know, uh, this current administration takes a lot of credit for that, but this has been going on for a lot longer than, than uh, 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 Mr. Trump has been in, in office. Um, what we are going to start to see, in my opinion, uh, as we approach 2020, 2020 is a very, very important year. It's, uh, it's not just that one year. It starts in 2019, and this period will go on for about four years. During that time, we are going to have a great alignment in the sign of Taurus. I'm, I'm sorry, in the sign of Capricorn. Capricorn is a very conservative sign. And it tends to limit things. Saturn, which rules Capricorn, is the great limiter. It's where we get the name Satan. Saturn used to come around and the ancient astrologers would say, oh, my God, that, that light is back again. And the king's going to die and the crops are going to fail and the cows won't give milk. And so they 
drew the name Satan out of it, and they called it the devil. We don't think of it as the devil now. We understand that it's there to limit us so we don't overextend. Mm-hmm. And what's going to happen is this incredible explosion in the stocks uh, which is great. It's bring, you know putting a lot of money in people's retirement funds and whatnot. It there's an old uh, blood, sweat, and tears song. What goes up must come down. Come down. Okay. <laughs> when, you know, I, I I use many charts, of course, including America's chart, Donald Trump's chart, and the New York Stock Exchange's chart. The New York Stock Exchange began under a buttonwood tree on Lower Wall Street, so it is called the Buttonwood Agreement, where a handful of American stock market uh, people decided, why should we only work with the European markets? Let's start our own stock market. And that became the New York Stock Exchange on May 17, 1792. In that, that, that stock chart, along with America's and several others, was how I was able to predict the 08 crash so successfully. Mm-hmm. The, the planet Saturn, which rules stability, foundation, structure, was in opposition to the planet Uranus, which is exactly the opposite. It is explosive and unpredictable. Donald Trump has Uranus conjunct his sun. Donald Trump was born on an eclipse. He's a full moon baby, born on an eclipse with Uranus conjunct his sun. Now, regardless of what anybody's feelings are about Mr. Trump, he is a rather explosive individual. This is exactly why a lot of people voted for him. They wanted to change the status quo, and they certainly got that. They certainly got that. Well, okay, let's hold that thought because we're going to go to commercial break, and I'm on the edge of my seat. This is just so fascinating. Uh, So hold on, everyone. We're going to be back with professional astrologer Mitchell Scott Lewis in New York. Uh, I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota, and you're listening to Sacred Exploration. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We have relationships with people in our lives, but arguably our relationship with food is the most intimate, dynamic, and enduring of them all. You can nourish your relationship with food and the planet. Purchase your copy of The Sacred Art of Eating, Healing Our Relationship with Food, written by Lisa Tremont Oda. A registered dietitian, nutritionist, and shamanic soul coach, Lisa can help you heal your relationship with food. The Sacred Art of Eating is available on Amazon.com, SacredExploration.com, and ImperfectlyVegan.com. Do you remember your dreams? Not exploring your dream life is like receiving a gift but not opening it. Join Lisa Trimonota and Lisa Ferrer this April for an interactive workshop series that will help make your goals and dreams become results in your business and personal life. To register or to find out more, call 925-497-2529 or email sacredexploration at gmail.com. Space is limited in this highly interactive workshop series. So call today and learn how you can make your dreams come true. That's 925-497-2529 or email sacredexploration at gmail.com. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Sacred Exploration. To reach Lisa or her guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to sacredexploration at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota, and you're listening to Sacred Exploration. I'm speaking with astrologer Mitch Scott Lewis, who is with us. We were just before break talking about cryptocurrency and um, how it might not be the end-all be-all that, that it's being made out to be. Can you, can you finish up with that around that, Mitch? I want to hear more. Sure. Let me, let me give you a, 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 an, an analogy. When I was on the floor, the dot-com explosion occurred in the 90s. And it's technological, it all had to do with technological companies, but there were companies named, you know, dog.com that did had nothing and their stock would open at 12 cents and run up to $40. It was based on a lot of fluff. Eventually that bubble popped. And when it popped, a lot of people lost their shirts, but the NASDAQ didn't go out of business. It found its footing and it became a rather important stock exchange. By the way, if you if you follow the stock markets, you will see that the New York Stock Exchange, the Dow and the S&Ps all follow each other. They go up, they go down pretty much in, in you know, there's a little bit there'll be differences, but they go up almost the same percentage. The NASDAQ can be exactly the opposite. The Dow can go up 10% or 2% and the NASDAQ can completely go down 2 or 3%. Because it's a it's a different animal. When that market collapsed, and, and they flushed out a lot of the bad stuff, a lot of the companies that had no foundation behind them, what was left became the Nasdaq. Now, in cryptocurrencies, we're in a we're in a very similar situation because there isn't just bitcoins anymore. There's right. Litecoins and there's, there's going to be dozens of them. In fact, many countries are, are starting their own cryptocurrencies. So mm-hmm. my question becomes, why do we have cryptocurrencies? Some of it is because not everybody wants the government and everybody to, to know everything that you do. If you own an iPhone now, they follow you. They know what store you're at. It's, it's becoming insane. We are entering what is really the age of Aquarius. Uh, which is a whole nother conversation. It's very misunderstood because of the musical hair. <laughs> right. mean, those, guys, those guys wrote a great musical, but they didn't know very much about astrology. <laughs> and okay. the age of Aquarius is not the age of individuality and freedom and love. It's the age of corporations. That's what Aquarius rules, rules big organizations. So now we have cryptocurrencies like Bitcoins. And a couple of weeks ago, right? in fact, right before uh, I went on Coast to Coast New Year's night, the uh, Australian banks froze the accounts of anybody that was trading bitcoins. Really? It really, people said, how can they do that? Well, they have their own laws. They can do whatever they want, I guess. Now, what's happening here is that bitcoins 
you know, yeah, they exploded up thousands of percentage if you bought it at the right time and you could get out. A lot of people are telling me they're having a hard time getting out of their Bitcoins. Mm. And this, this is when you start to see trouble coming because the governments want control. The reason to have a Bitcoin is so I can, tr you know, trade or buy whatever I want to buy, whatever it is. No reason why the government has to know everything that I do. And yet when the government starts to control these things, th they have less of a purpose. Then they're no longer, then it's just another currency. It's another, you know, and nobody owns Bitcoins. Nobody, uh, you know, you know, they're mined. It's, I don't want to go into the whole description of it. There's, there's, it's all over the internet if you want to try and right. How it actually works. But in terms of a trade, what we do in astrology is we find the chart of whatever it is. When a company starts trading its stock, I draw that chart up. I take a look at it at Rite Aid or at Apple or whatever it is. And I hmm. use that chart to tell me what the stock is going to do. Well, Bitcoin started also in Ireland uh, in 2009. I don't happen to have the date right in front of me. Uh, well, Litecoins, for example, was started in 2011. Uh, um, on October 7th, here it is, Bitcoins was January 3rd, 2009. And so I look at that chart and then I look at the transits and progressions to that chart. Transits are the planets up in the sky today and how they're hitting your chart or my chart or America's chart. And that tells me what's going to happen with Bitcoins. But I also, because I traded for so many years, I pay attention to what's going on around me. You know, it's against the law in uh, on the stock exchange or the commodities exchange to start or spread a rumor because these markets are run by psychology, not by fundamentals or supply and demand. It's all psychology. If people think the market's going up, they buy it. If they're mm -hmm. afraid it's going to go down, they rush and sell it. And that's why we have stock market crashes, too, to some extent, because, you know, every time the stock market crashes, historically, what you should do is buy it. Right. Wow. Fascinating. Well, I might have to reevaluate my approach. <laughs> this is very interesting. Um, well, you know, if there's anything else you'd like to say about finances, please do so. Otherwise, I'm kind of curious to turn. You had mentioned Trump as well and right. that you do specialize in medical issues. Now, he got a clean bill of health, but as, from, as, from a nutritionist standpoint, <laughs> I could imagine the guy dropping dead at any moment. Well, first of all, Lisa, let me tell you, I could talk to you about financial astrology for the next five hours. So there's no end to it, we, but we want to cover a number of things. Let me tell you about Donald Trump's chart medically, okay? A long time before he was elected president, on my uh, website and in my newsletters and, and on Facebook or wherever, I said that Donald Trump is, an, is a stroke a heart attack or an aneurysm waiting to happen. There is a blockage in this man's system that, and the reason, and I'll tell you, I'll explain it to you very quickly. In an astrology chart, different planets and their corresponding signs and houses rule different parts of the body. For example, Mars is the first, rules Aries, the first sign of the zodiac, rules the head. Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac, it rules the feet. And it literally goes down more or less logically in that way. Uh, there are overlays and it's, it's much more complicated than that, but the sun in the natal chart rules the heart. It rules the blood as the heart is pumping it out. 
And then the opposite sign of Aquarius and the sign Uranus rules the blood as it comes back to the heart. This is what we call polarities, oppositions. Donald Trump's son is in Gemini. Like I said before, he's a full moon baby. That makes sense. 22 degree Gemini. Well, of course, there's at least two of him every time he walks in a room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's got a Sagittarius moon. And Sagittarius moons, which I happen to like because I have a Sagittarius moon, can blow things out of proportion and absolutely have no sense of limitations or boundaries based on the rest of the chart, of course. Because I'm a Cancer, I have a good deal more of a, of a sense of boundaries and home and, and all of that. But Donald Trump doesn't. He's a, he's a full moon eclipse baby born on an eclipse with the planet Uranus, which rules explosive issues, conjunct his sun. Right away, that is a warning bell to any astrologer who studies medical astrology. Wow, this guy has trouble in his circulation. How bad is it? Well... Certainly, if he ate Brussels sprouts and ran five miles a day and and meditated and, you know, he would be in one shape, but he lays in bed and eats cheeseburgers and french fries. So, you know, it doesn't take a genius or an astrologer to look at this and say that it doesn't look healthy. Mm-hmm. Now, in 2020, Saturn and Pluto and Jupiter and Mars are all going to be in Capricorn, Okay. And they are going to oppose Donald Trump's Saturn and Venus. And Saturn in Donald Trump's chart rules the fifth house, which is the house that rules the heart and the circulation. There is going to be a a blockage. It may already, it's already there. It just hasn't built up sufficiently yet. And uh, my personal feeling is, is that he may have an event before then. But certainly by February of 2020, uh, Mr. Trump's uh, health is going to become quite obvious to anybody who's paying attention. Well, February is the heart month after all. So that's uh, right. That's right. Mm-hmm. My OK. Father, by the way, my father wrote the anti-smoking commercials for the Heart Association for many years. Oh, good man. All right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yes. Well, I know in nutrition, we say that uh, basically death is the first sign that someone even has heart disease. Yes. Um, <laughs> Right. Because most people don't have themselves checked out and uh, they fall dead and then the autopsy is done and we figure out that they had blocked arteries. Well, also, you know, you know, the Donald Trump's doctor um, checks his blood pressure, but who knows how many blood pressure medications he's on. Right. The statins he takes, how how much of of a chemical and artificial, you know, uh, pumping up are they doing to give him a decent report? I, I've got friends and, and uh, you know, and, and loved ones who are on all kinds of medication and their doctors tell them they're fine. But you and I would prefer to do it in a holistic way and to eat the asparagus and the Brussels sprouts and the raw tomatoes and bring the blood pressure down. By the way, arugula really lowers your blood pressure. I'd say a good 10 points or more. It's wonderful stuff. Um, so. This is what Donald Trump is dealing with. Now, in his natal chart, he also has Mercury, which rules the way we think and speak, in square to Neptune. Neptune is complete (laughs) fantasy. He literally does not know the difference between the truth and a lie. It, it is. It's so we've got the Gemini thing, which is kind of the two different sides, and then on top of it this uh, Mercury opposing Neptune. 
Right, wow. squaring, squaring wow. it up to him, yes. And that, and and, we're all confused. Well, he's totally confused. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, you know, it, it's, it's weird. He also has Saturn conjunct Venus, so the kidneys are probably going to give him a lot of trouble at some point if they haven't already. Uh, you know, he doesn't take care of himself. He doesn't flush them out. He doesn't drink alcohol, so I'm told. But um, there's a lot of different ways. So, so I do not see this man as being, you know, the healthiest man who was ever president. <laughs> you know, as his doctors once said. I don't wish him any ill. I'm, I'm rooting for America. I'm, a, you know, I want to see America do well. I don't, you know, I, of course I have my own political point of view, but I want to see us, uh, uh, you know, take care of the environment and our future and the children and health insurance and on and on and on. And again, I don't want to get too political about it, but you know, go ahead. Well, and, well, how about the upcoming elections? I, I have, you know, a, a number of people who generally tend not to vote. They don't feel like their vote's going to make a difference, but they are interested in participating in the next election. Uh, Anything in that regard? You bet they are, yes. The Democrats are going to do exactly what everybody thinks they're going to do. They're going to really do very well in the midterm elections. Uh, I know know a year in politics is a lifetime. Between now and November, God knows anything could happen. Wars could break out. The stock market could crash. It could go up 50,000 more points. We don't know. And so to say, well, right now it looks like the Democrats are blah, 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 blah. But the underlying sense that I get, uh, having gone to the women's marches and paying attention to what's happening and seeing how people are standing up to things they don't agree with, um, there's going to be a sweep as there usually is anyway, uh, the, the Republicans uh, took over enormous number of House seats uh, while Obama was in, in, uh, in office. In fact, more than ever before in history or since 1929, I think was the number, the percentage that, uh, that it, it had done. So this is going to happen anyway. It's just by nature because a lot of people don't like whatever the status quo is. Uh, you know, hey, I love Obama. Yeah, I hate Obama because now he's president. Oh, I hate Trump because now well, I love <laughs> So a lot of people are simply going to vote because they, you know, <laughs> you know, impeach Johnson, impeach Nixon, impeach Kennedy, impeach, impeach everybody. They got buttons for, you know, everybody. It's like an old Woody Allen movie. He had that, that gag. Um, they are going to do very well. They are probably going to take over the House. The Senate I, is is a little iffy now, but it wouldn't shock me terribly if they took over both houses of Congress and then put limitations on the Trump administration. Now, the funny thing about it all, if you pay attention, is the Republicans are putting their own limitations in. They don't need an enemy. They got themselves. They are fighting within themselves like I have never seen uh, here's, you know, here's a party that is complete and total power, and the only thing they've been able to pass is what I call the Trojan Horse Tax Bill. This tax bill is going to look very good. In my recent newsletter, I, I drew an analogy. In the old days, the political bosses would go down, they would send their cronies down on election day to the polling places, and they would give a cigar and a $5 bill to everybody online and tell them who to vote for. Now the companies are giving out bonuses of $1,000 in the hopes that people will say, oh, that Trump really, look, I got $1,000 and they'll vote Republican. 
Right. I don't care for our system altogether in a lot of ways. It's very corrupt. Doesn't matter which party, you know, everybody's, it's all about money. It's very sad, but this is what it's turned into. But I don't think that that's going to work this time because there are so many underlying issues here. And if, if it was anybody else in the White House except Trump, they might get away with a lot more. But his actions and, his, and the reactions people have to him are so overwhelmingly powerful that a lot of people, like you said, are going to, to look, at, look at what's happening in these special elections. I mean, you know, in Virginia, the Democrats lost by one vote control of the, of the, uh, of the Congress in, uh, in, in Virginia. And it's going on all over the place. And, of course, in Alabama, they haven't elected a Democrat there, you know, uh, since, I think, before the Civil War. And, and, and yet uh, uh, Doug Jones was able to win. And, yes, I know it was a very reprehensible uh, character that he was running against. But it's showing the signs of the times. And the 2018 election itself, because I also, I draw up the chart of the election day, then I also compare it to Donald Trump, to America, to lots of things. And I even have it here with Mitch McConnell's chart and Chuck Schumer's chart and Nancy Pulaski and North Korea's chart. Wow, we have just a couple minutes to break, but how do you find the birth times of all those people? Is that public record or? Sometimes it's public record. Usually the birth days are. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also, you know, there is a there is a strong astrology community. And I will go on and I'll punch in Chuck Schumer's birthday. And it'll send me to certain websites where other astrologers are doing their homework. And for example, Chuck Schumer's chart, he was born November 23rd, 1950. I have an 11 a.m. Uh, birth time for him in Brooklyn. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that, that is what the time that they think it is, because otherwise it would come out as either six in the morning or 12 midnight. When there's an actual birth time, it may be off by a few minutes, but it looks like Chuck has a Capricorn ascendant. And having done this for many years, I would say looking at him and watching him, that makes sense. He's yeah, a very, feels right. mm-hmm. very controlled guy. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So, mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. So when would you say uh, in just our last minute here before break or 30 seconds that as many politicians look to astrologers as do uh, those in the financial market? No, no. And I, don't, and I don't know how many people in the financial market do. When I was up there, there were several other astrologers uh, on the floor who were doing their work. Um, most of them came into the business as financiers. Then they studied astrology. I came from the opposite point of view. I was an astrologer who knew nothing about money. So I had a clearer perspective. And I did thousands of hours of work with my trading partner, who he would have the book of the commodities, and I would have my ephemeris. And I would tell him over the last 20 years when the top and the bottom of cotton and soybeans and coffee. And it was, it's, it's, an, Lisa, it's a, an amazing, absolutely amazing thing. And I love <laughs> it is. And this is fascinating. All right. So we will be right back after commercial break. You're listening to Sacred Exploration, and I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
We have relationships with people in our lives, but arguably, our relationship with food is the most intimate, dynamic, and enduring of them all. You can nourish your relationship with food and the planet. Purchase your copy of The Sacred Art of Eating, Healing Our Relationship with Food, written by Lisa Tremont Oda. A registered dietitian, nutritionist, and shamanic soul coach, Lisa can help you heal your relationship with food. The Sacred Art of Eating is available on Amazon.com, SacredExploration.com, and ImperfectlyVegan.com. Do you remember your dreams? Not exploring your dream life is like receiving a gift but not opening it. Join Lisa Trimonota and Lisa Ferrer this April for an interactive workshop series that will help make your goals and dreams become results in your business and personal life. To register or to find out more, call 925-497-2529 or email sacredexploration at gmail.com. Space is limited in this highly interactive workshop series. So call today and learn how you can make your dreams come true. That's 925-497-2529 or email sacredexploration at gmail.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to Sacred Exploration. To reach Lisa or her guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to sacredexploration at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota. You're listening to Sacred Exploration, and I'm with my guest, Mitchell Scott Lewis, professional astrologer. Mitch, um, there's so much to cover in the realm of politics, North Korea, the environment. Can you share with us in our last segment here some some of the highlights of what you see coming down the pike, especially as we approach 2020? Okay. Uh, first of all, everybody's worried about North Korea, and I don't blame them. I don't think that North Korea wants a nuclear war. I don't think that they that, that has ever been their, their desire. I think they got nukes so that they could blackmail us into giving them food and clothing and, and you know, whatever. And if you'll notice, North Korea now is going to march with the South Koreans during the Olympics and all kinds of very bizarre things are happening in the world. Uh, a lot in reaction to the Trump administration and his policies. A lot of our, of our normal or post-Second World War allies don't know what to do. He is insulting and, and, and withdrawing and, and tearing up trade agreements and all kinds of things. And again, I, whatever you may think politically, that it really shouldn't matter. Uh, but the end result is that 2020 is such a powerful buildup of energy in one side that we rarely see. It's a, it's a very uncommon configuration. It's hitting all of these charts. North Korea's chart, Vladimir Putin's chart, Russia's chart, Saudi Arabia, whatever. I've got a zillion charts here in front of me. Well, it would hit everyone's chart. Is that right? It just is a matter of where it hits right. in the chart? Right. Yep. Okay. And in every single one, <coughs> excuse me, of these charts, 
what I am seeing is, for example, Russia and Putin, the 2020 buildup is not particularly good for them. And that, and that could be interpreted a number of different ways. I think that what it represents is that they are going to lose an ally that they have had for this last year and will have for the next few years. I also think that the age of Trump will last as long as the, as the planet Saturn is going through Capricorn. It rules Capricorn. And that will end in about 2020. So I don't see Mr. Trump getting reelected. And as to whether he even finishes his term, of course, that's something else. And we can get into that at, at another time. I'm going to do lectures. And please, if anybody's out there, go to my website and, and uh, sign up for my newsletter. It's free every month. Great newsletter. Great newsletter. I love it. And you'll get, uh, you know, you'll get some of my political points of view. Although I'm not separating my politics from the astrology because I want people to go for astrology if they want. And then they'll go to my blog if they want to hear what I have to say or to other places on the website. Um but in all of these charts, I see synchronicity. That's what I saw in 2008. It wasn't just the, the New York Stock Exchange's chart. I saw it in America's chart. I saw it in the chart of, of the election, that we were going to elect somebody who was so different from anyone we had ever elected before. There was no question that we were going to put Obama into the White House. There was absolutely no question mm -hmm. in my mind. And now what I see happening is this rubber band effect, this snapback. Because America is a cancer country, born on the 4th of July, and we have Saturn squaring our sun in that chart, we are a centralist country that, is, that does tend to be a little bit conservative, yet we have the ascendant in Sagittarius and the moon in Aquarius, both very progressive signs. So we are a conservative country, very religious, very, you know, home-oriented, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful life with Frank Capra, Miracle on 34th Street, all the rest of this, at the same time that we are, or did, export democracy and changes and equality and, and fought for, for black equality. Now we fight for gay and lesbian equality and we fight for all of this. But when we pull too far to one side or the other, in the 60s, we pulled too far to the left and America freaked out. So they overwhelmingly elected Richard Milhouse Nixon to two terms because he didn't finish his second term. And the same thing is happening here. We have pulled so far to the right that, again, regardless of what your politics may be, you can't, we'll fall off the edge if we do not pull it back into the center to some extent. And that's what 2018 is all about. And then 2020. So, you know. Huh. So uh, I had never thought of that before. I, I had actually never really considered doing charts on countries and things that weren't people before. But so, so this idea that America is a cancer because it was born on the 4th of July. I love that. And it, it feels just in my very initial impression here that that kind of might explain a little bit about our position currently on DACA. Mm -hmm. and the dreamers does that make sense to you well we don't want to throw people out there are people in in power who do but i i think something like 87 percent of the population wants to give these these daca these dreamers uh, you know they've been here their whole lives they came here as children when are you going to send them back to a country that they have no family that they don't even speak the language what kind of a that's so anti-cancerian 
Right. Nature rules the mother, you know, and the home and the hearth. I mean, you know, so there is very much. And, and of course, America is not perfect by any means. And our history has some terrible, terrible things in it. Uh, and we've struggled with our own uh, insecurities and our own uh, uh, um, weakness of character. But basically, we have a woman standing in the harbor of New York. Give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to be free. It's a woman. It's cancer. It's the mother. Hmm. It's all, it's, it's very, you know, I mean, I, I lecture on all of this when I, you know, whatever, you know, when I, when I have the time and I love to do lectures on America's chart and explain to the audience and to my students why we are who we are and why it is so important that we allow America to be America. It is the great experiment. You know, we're only 240 years old. Right. America going through its Pluto return this year, well, in 2020. And um, you and I will never see our Pluto return unless they put us into robots. But America is, it takes about 240 years for Pluto to go around the Zodiac. 250 years, whatever it is, 240 something. And so America is having Pluto come back to where it began. Now, you and I go through a solar return every year. We call it our birthday. We go through a Jupiter return every 12 years, a Saturn return every 28 and a half years. But Pluto, we will never see. Uranus takes 84 years, but America is going through Pluto return. And Pluto, among other things, by the way, rules plutonium. And it rules oil. And it rules all things buried and hidden. And a lot of stuff is going to come out into the public. And, well, um, it already has been, huh? Yeah, but we're just getting started. Well, we're just we're, getting our toes wet. Okay. Boy, it's going to be some fun time. Hang on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, what about the environment? Well, yeah. the environment and animals are the great loves of my life. And the fact that, that we are so short-sighted and so stupid and are, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, if you, if you pollute the water, it will never be cleaned again. And, of course, you know, Trump's desire uh, uh, to drill anywhere he possibly can, when everybody knows that oil is a dying commodity, it's in its death rattles. The, the oil companies themselves are investing billions into solar energy, wind energy, thermonuclear. I mean, yeah, well, nuclear energy, but also thermo energy from the, the, uh, uh, the center of the earth. All of these alternatives, because they know that they're done. And you have... Go ahead. Well, no, finish your thought. Well, and then you put politicians in who are ignorant, and they don't get it, and they, they, you know, they're playing to their base. We have something like 52,000 coal jobs left in this country. There's no coal anymore. Coal is a useless commodity. Nobody needs it. And I feel bad for the people who, whose livelihoods are being taken away. We should give them job training, re-educate them. When well, I couldn't agree with you more. Well, you know, I had mentioned to you earlier about my imperfectly vegan term, which is an invitation for people to become more plant-based. And it's really to help protect the environment and animals, as well as our own individual health. Is there any hope for that trend to, to continue or, or is, are we just up against too much? There, at least there's always hope. Always hope. If I didn't think there was, I wouldn't do astrology. If I didn't think that we could prevent and change and grow and learn, 
I'd go to a psychic on the street corner who would say to me, you're going to meet a beautiful woman on the subway and, you know, whatever. <laughs> you know, it's never, it never works that way. And all the people, you know, astrology is far, far deeper than that. And, and it's great to be part of the astrology community uh, and to, to meet other astrologers who are spending their lifetime studying different, different forms of astrology and, and how to, to implement it. Yes, I believe we have a chance, but truthfully, we're running out of time. Right. You know? That's it. That's why it's like each one of us has to act. We have, we have to have it all going on at the same time. It was Tolstoy who said, everyone talks about changing the world. No one talks about changing themselves. Ah, there you go. Okay. Well, hopefully we are doing that, showing up to the polls, changing what we eat. So we're getting close to closing already when we could talk for the full four hours and beyond. I know you have so much to share and it's so fascinating. But um, share with us a little bit about how people can reach you and and you know, what you're available to do on a personal basis and about your newsletter, Living by Starlight. Well, my website is MitchAstro.com. My email is MitchAstro at AOL. I try to keep those names easy and then people can remember me. Oh, his name is Mitch. Let me, you know, let me try. <laughs> um, my books are Murder in the 11th House, Death in the 12th House, Evil in the 1st House, and soon to be released Satan in the 2nd House. You may notice a pattern. Uh, I, uh, my newsletter is free. You go to the website or email me and I'll put you on the mailing list. And, uh, I give, uh, private sessions, uh, when I have the time and I, I usually, uh, can fit people in and they may have to wait a week or two, but, uh, there's always time. And, uh, I have, you know, clients all over the world. I speak to people in China over Skype and I have lots of people in Europe and in Australia and whatnot. And, uh, I will talk about any subject that's important to my client uh it's it's their reading what they need to know that's what i try to give them and whatever guidance i can do for them that's what i'm here for it's part of my karma my chart actually speaks of it uh, i'm a musician by trade and i i love music and i was on the charts and i ran a band for many many years and made my living playing piano and uh you know it, it's it's a wonderful thing i'll never give it up but there is something a little more giving in a way with the astrology. You know, many people, when I played music, they would come up to me and say, oh, you made my day so much better because your piano just whatever. And that was wonderful. But now I give people readings and I will talk to them about the most intimate and most difficult decisions they have to make. They have health issues. They need an operation. Their mother is sick. They want to move to a new house or they want to go to a state. What state should I move to? What do I do about this boyfriend or girlfriend? What do I do about my, you know, my, my schooling? We, you know, and so we delve into them for, uh, you know, usually about an hour and a half. And uh, I, I send them on their way with some suggestions and ideas <clears throat> and a different perspective of what's going on in their life. And then most of the time, I find that a lot of people have st stuck with me for quite a number of years and they'll come back. Sometimes I'll see a client once a year. Sometimes I see them every month. 
depends on what the client needs and it depends on what we're dealing with and what kind of a of a situation you know they're they're having at the time sure well part of the the purpose of sacred exploration radio here is to make the most of those things which i perceive to be available to all of us and certainly the stars are and the cosmos is one of those things that has so much to offer us and so i encourage our listeners to contact mitch find out more about who you are uncover discover recover yourself and um, wow, Mitch, thank you so much for being with us today. This was fascinating. Uh, we'll look for you on Coast to Coast to continue to tap into your predictions. And um, yeah, just really, really a blessing to have you with us today. Thank, thank you, you again. Really was great fun. And, and you're a wonderful interviewer. And I, I enjoyed it very much. Beautiful. Well, thank you, everybody. We will be right back here again next Wednesday at 5 o'clock Pacific Time on Voice America Sacred Exploration. I'm your host, Lisa Tremont Ota. Blessings as you go. Thank you so much for tuning in today for Sacred Exploration with Lisa Tremont Ota. Be sure to listen to our program again next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your week.